peace, peace to the gods and goddesses, kings and queens of earth, man and mankind alike. I'm thank you for joining us here at the Amara Connections. I'm your host Kane, and I'm joined here by always with Richard. And we would like to again thank you for joining us here at the Amara Connections. Today, our topic is going to be emotions and logic, and I think this is a, a very important topic, a very important discussion on. Uh, talk about because it's really delving into the mind of people, the mind of man, how we, you know, um, how we use our mind, the two big aspects of our mind and uh, expression of self or our, I guess of our mental body, our intellect and our um, emotion or, or intuition rather, intellect and intuition are also deemed as emotion. We, you know, we can, um, one's more of a, I, I, I would say one's more of a uh, base formed in the other, but um, it's still, you know, based off of the feelings and things of that nature. But I think it's very an important conversation to have because in today's society, I think we are um, often unbalanced in a lot of our thinking, whether we are um, extremely on the right half of our brain or extremely on the left half of our brain. And as we will come to learn in today's episode that they will yield two different types of result and can give you two different um I don't want I can say almost conflict conflicting type of people as well and I, when I mean by conflicting it's like it it makes it easier for them to uh fight with one another not necessarily that they're like conflicting within themselves but they two groups that fight against one another and so I think that's an important um aspect to expose and to think about when we think about when we talk about um logic and emotion well, um I think this is important discussing not discussion but topic that we're going to cover today so i hope you guys are ready and um plan to get a lot out of this but before as we always start um today i just want to you know i have one current event that i wanted to cover but i just wanted to ask richard was there anything um interesting you heard in the world today that or not today but just recently that you want to cover or just share with the uh, podcast um there are some but i don't have it on hand right now um, you know, we still have the Ukraine-Russian war going on. Well, special operations, right? right? It's not a war, right. special operations. Oh, that's, right? the, that's the new thing they've turned it as now. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we can't call it a war oh, okay. because it's not a war. What's okay. going on in there and, and, and giving them some, some booty? Right, and, we're giving them some special ally support, but it's not a war. It's not a war. So uh, we still need to keep an eye on that um, because it's important that we understand what's going on with that and all the dynamics around that, not just what you see or, or hear on the mainstream media because they're not telling you half of it, right? Right. So we have to understand that. And we also have a new um, Speaker of the House, no, not Speaker of the House, uh, Press Secretary in Washington. <clears throat> you know, it's a young lady, uh, a sister of color, and um, openly gay, you know. I can't use that other word. Uh, grew up using because that offends some people. But, you know, uh, we're pushing more cultural warfare on, on us because, you know, that's not, a, that's not the behavior of black people. That's not a cultural dynamic of black people, homosexuality. It's not. It belongs to those others. So, you know, um, I'm not impressed with that. So I think that's just another way of putting black people out there in that negative light to change the minds and culture of our people and we're not supposed to push back we're not supposed to talk about it right yeah definitely because even um 
you know, even with that statement, people would, you know, take offense and say, like, well, you, you're saying, like, homosexuality is a negative image or it's a bad thing, like, not to, you know, and I think it's to say, not to say homosexuals are bad people, but it's just right. more so a, a, a bad act that we necessarily don't support. It's like, you know, you could have a relative that smokes cigarettes or, you know, do something you don't agree with. They're not a bad person. They just do a choice that you don't agree with. So I think that's the, the diff, you know, the thing that um, people often try to gaslight us and to make, you know, trying to make it seem like we hate homosexuals when it's just like, no, we don't hate the person. We just don't agree with the act. So those are, you know, two different things yeah. as well. And I would even take it a step further as not, you know, uh, disagree. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's negative behavior because of what it affects, how it affects. Um, exactly. Like smoking cigarette can cause you cancer, but it can't cause no one else around you. Uh, cancer, right? But um, if you want to kill yourself, that's one thing. But homosexuality, now that's something that's going to permeate throughout our mm -hmm. community. And um, it's on TV and now uh, being it's an unnatural act is going to become normalized in our community. So that's just another negative effect in the cultural warfare against people of color. Because, um, you know, there's a small group of people from the larger group of people um, that classify themselves as white that really want black people on this planet to disappear, okay? They're working really hard to uh, make less and less black people possible on this planet. Back in the 1990s, I remember having my hands on a document called the Global 2000 Doctrine. I've lost it, but... I have I read it I read enough of it to understand that this was an attempt or they were discussing how to eliminate uh 200 million people. black people yeah. off of this planet by the year 2000. Oh, yes, so yes. you know they're still working on that, all yes. right? And that, so. and that's um I think that kind of or well, doesn't necessarily segue into my current my current event, but I, it is something that um that uh uh, it's important that you, I think we should touch on because, um, it's, you know, there are a lot of other documents, um, and things and papers that are along the line of the, uh, Global 2000 showing and just proving that, that, you know, there's like Richard saying, there's this, this group of, um, of, of, of rich Europeans uh, and, and people and other families that they use at their aid that want to mainly uh get rid of African people. You know, it's like the whole world is um in their target, but their main target, their main and first target has always been black and African people. And so um it's you know, I think it's important to understand that this has been going on through history, this has been kind of going on through time and it's not necessarily a new thing, but they're just uh excuse me, adapting to modern strategies. Right. As, as more time goes on. Right. So I think that's important that we realize and um, keep that in mind as we um, look forward, look forward in the political landscape in the, in the time and the spaces ahead of us. Right. And I meant in the 1980s, not 90s. Um, it was like 88, 89. Yes. Um, the, uh, but you said Global 2000 was, yes, yes very Global important. Doctrine. Yes, please. It, it, very important. We will definitely do our best to... Um, 
scoured the internet to try to find this document because I have I have heard of and view, scanned this document a few times myself. I haven't read it entirely, but I have heard about this through my research as well. So I definitely um and um along with uh, other documents that are sim are similar to this type of agenda of basically how um you know think tanks get together and be like how can we you know that the, the big word they like to use is um population control. Right. Yeah, so that's, you know, a right. fancy way of just saying, you know, eugenics and, you know, birth control, you know, birth control and basically like basically almost like a birthing police like they had in China. It's like, you, you know, the one child policy, you have more than one kid, we're going to, you know, you have women having kids and underground bunkers and things, you know, right. ghost babies off the radar because you can't have more than one kid. So this is just another. Um, I think that's just another leg of that same type of agenda even though it wasn't specifically targeting african people with chinese it's a it's this culture it's it's this type of um thought that permeates through most cultures the people that have a specific um class in that group of people that want to subjugate the people not in that class mm -hmm. and so yeah and let, let me um um reiterate that it was in the late 1980s that I got my hands on a document. Right. But if my memory serves me, that document was produced in the 70s. Yes, way older okay. than, right. Right. So now we know in the 70s, Nixon was in the White House. And at that time, uh, he classified marijuana as a, what is it, a class one mm -hmm. drug. Is it a class, what do they have in the classes? Schedule one. Mm, right, right. Yes. Schedule one drug, meaning that marijuana was in the category with heroin and cocaine. And um, there is a, I saw a, a film, um, a recording, a video recording of him talking to his staff about that being in the Schedule 1 category uh, because they had the Schaefer report that said that it was not, it was not harmful. They didn't see the harm in marijuana. And especially as it compared to uh, heroin and cocaine. But when that report came out, Nixon dismissed it. So he knew, but right. part of the cultural warfare mean that he knew people of color, that was their choice of um, herbal right. medication, okay? Uh, you know, we talked about, we, we know about the Indians and their peace pipe, right? right. Well, what was in their peace pipe, right. okay? So now you smoke some weed and you mellow. You're not right. robbing banks. You're not yeah. doing Shooting these crazy people, things, right? right? You want to be mellow and just be, you know, what psychedelic, you know, right. posters with black lights, <laughs> right? right? So, um, but that's culture. That was part of the cultural warfare. So homosexuality and promoting and pushing that is also a part of the cultural warfare. And then, make matters worse, they're promoting that and pushing that in our school with our young children, and we don't even. Uh, teach them heterosex in th at that age group. Right. But for somehow they're allowed to have that homosexual thing in there uh, in those younger, in those earlier grades. And that's a part of cultural warfare. So that's why I brought that up with the press secretary. Right. Because they're pushing that on right. us and showing the world. Right. Right. Just like how the, uh, what, Colin Powell used to be what? What was his position? Uh. 
he was the high military, the highest yeah, military yeah, we have guy, right? So, so that, so that black guy that's in there now, what's his name? Um, it's in the same office as Colin Powell. Yeah, I think he took Colin's Powell's Powell's place because he's the head guy on the television. Uh, because with this war in Ukraine, he has spoken out um, as the person, uh, the front man for the military. So I, I'm pretty sure that he is holding down the same position Colin Powell had held. But he's the top brass, right? Uh, when I first saw him, I looked at him and, you know, I never saw him speak. I just saw him standing there looking really mean, right? Secretary of State. Secretary of State? That was Colin Powell. Okay. And you said who the Secretary of State is now. Yeah. So this guy... Um, you know, there's this word called Unix. And if you're familiar with the word called uh, uh, Unix, uh, Unix, I hope I'm pronouncing it right, is a person that was traditionally black at that time. That's why, that's the story. When I discovered the story, it was about a black man because what they would do is they would castrate, they would get the biggest, strongest, meanest black man and would castrate him. And he would be the man who would oversee <clears throat> the harems, right? And of course, a harem is not like that story, fairy tale story, like you know, the king married all these wives. He got three hundred wives and stuff. No, they're, they're concubines. They're, they're prisoners. You know, they're slaves. Yeah. They're sex, sex slaves. And so you, they castrate the man, the black man, and he guarded them. Okay. So, you know, they called him a eunuch. Well, a eunuch, yes. yeah. Yeah, and, and he was uh, a mean, ugly, nasty, big, strong dude that will kill any black person that his master told him to kill. And that's on that movie, The Jangle, The Jangle, right? right? right. Yeah, so um, that's what he reminded me of when I first saw him. And I hadn't seen him talk, hadn't heard him talk for a while after I saw him, and then finally I saw him talking, and I said, my goodness, not, they have a... a not intimate boy. No, uh, he's black, and he's in the military. He's, he's a military leader. Um, Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin. Is that him? That's him. Lloyd, uh, okay, Lloyd, uh, Lloyd Austin is his name. Secretary, Secretary of, of Defense. Defense. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's a creepy looking guy. Um, so, you know, putting him out front, right, yeah, in the okay. war with Russia and Ukraine, to me, is kind of like, that's it, suspicious. Right, and, 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 I, and I'm glad you point this out, because if you can notice, as you can see, there's been a lot more, um, I guess, you know, push for black representation, which, it, which is, I do think is important. Mm -hmm. But yeah. also, one thing we are noticing is that all the black representatives are basically... Black people in whiteface, yeah. And so it's some really creepy people, right? And and it, and so it's it's one Parents thing. Parents, Tom ass, right? When we, when we, because I can guarantee you right now, we're gonna type in. I can guarantee you this man's wife is white. Yeah, I'm gonna, we're gonna <laughs> right. type in his wife right now. On Google as we're doing this, and uh, but I can guarantee you. Oh, she's, black? she's a black woman. Wow. I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm impressed. So I was wrong, guys. But she is a sister. 
And I am thoroughly, and when I say thoroughly impressed, I mean thoroughly impressed because I normally people do not get in these type of positions if they do not have a white spouse. Yeah. Is Charlene Austin is her name. Okay. And yes. So okay. So he 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 gets he gets one up point for that. He has a black woman. <laughs> so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna discredit him on that. He's better right. than um. Uh, I can't Kentanji Brown Jackson and her her crazy husband and stuff. So is that, he is he black uh, or white? No. Um. He's he's white. Oh wow. And so um. That was you know that was one thing that I, I can lift about. But any any I'm always you know suspicious of anybody. Um. You know, Western society promotes to me as a positive influence. I'm automatically suspicious of the person. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think, you yeah. know. And he can be a good guy. But I guess, I mean, you know, I'm looking at these things from the perspective of outside looking in. The political. And it, and it doesn't really look good. Because even the war, I mean, you know, the, the special operations that Russia is. Uh, doing with Ukraine, and I, and that's funny. I, I need to underline that, but continue because that's just. I, I'm I'm more on the Russian side of this argument, because I I know the European uh, nations, and what they've done to Africa, right? So during the Berlin Conference, correct me if I'm wrong, Russia was not a part of the Berlin Conference that went and carved up Africa. And, and and Italy get this part and, 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 and Spain gets this part and, and you know, all the European mm, countries got a different got a different part of the continent of Africa. They carved Africa up for the European NATO bloc that you see right now claiming Russia is aggressive against European unprovoked. Unprovoked mean we just don't know what well, provoked them, right? So when you find out what provoked Russia to do what they did, you'd probably be surprised. Because, I mean, Ukraine used to be a part of Russia, okay? Half mm. of the country is Russian-speaking people complaining about the other side attacking them. Right. Having a military state uh, against the Russian-speaking side. So I feel that until I uh, can confirm otherwise, that Russia was is acting in self-defense. Right. And that, and I think that's a uh, usually a tactic of you know um, Western societies they'll you know instigate a a a, a beef and then with when some when you try to defend yourself say you were the aggressor right and so I think that, you know that's uh, uh, important to look at and also I think it's another thing that's important to look at is um this uh spe- you mentioned special operations because I, I'm not sure if this is on the news and please correct me but they must be they must be reprogramming people to not say war and to say special operations because... Well, that's what Russia was saying from the beginning. Oh, that this was a special operation. They said, look, we're not going to war, but you're not putting missile bases in Ukraine, right? Because if Ukraine joins NATO, that's exactly what would happen. So they're pushing east. Your European nations with NATO, because NATO is the group of what is it, 27 of the European nations, um, they, and they are bound, duty-bound to protect one another. So if you're pushing that up against the border of Russia, that means you're bringing all the military weaponry along with it. So Russia's saying, no, no, look, we need a buffer zone here. So as long as Ukraine don't join NATO, we're, we're fine. But if Ukraine 
says it's going to join NATO, no, we're not fine with that. So 30 countries, yes. 30 yeah. countries are part of NATO. Okay. So, and uh, they're weaponized over there. Right. So I wouldn't want weapons put up against my border either. Just like Russia was going to give Cuba weapons because of what the Americans was doing against Cubans. Right? right. So um, when Russia decided they were going to put missiles in Cuba, what did the United States do? Look, we'll go to war on you right. if you don't take those missiles out of here. So I look at it as the same thing in reverse now. Russia's saying, look, we'll go to war with you if you try to put these missiles in right. Ukraine. And that's what will happen if Ukraine becomes a member of NATO. Right. And so, and I, and I just think um, it's important and to know how when, when the Russians are doing it, they're the bad guys, the ultimate boogeyman of the world. It must be stopped at all costs. But right. when the United States is doing it, we're, you know, fighting for democracy. Fighting for democracy. And, well, you know, we don't even have democracy well-established here in America right. for black folks. Exactly. So, and it's just, I mean, even with the, um, it's just always, you know, the amount of money and funding going to other countries. But when you just look at uh, places like California, Philadelphia, um, just when you go to like a lot of the poorer places in the country, they almost look like third world countries, right. you know? And so right. you're just, um, just, Confuse it, and sometimes if you, if you're not, I think if you're not fully aware aware of the political political landscape on how can our country like this, but we're funding so many other countries around right, the world. Right, right. All those billions of dollars going over there. My goodness, how come we don't have health care, well, free health care? And, and 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 when it's our tax dollars paying for these things, right? And so I think it's important to realize and um stay abreast with these things when we um. Uh, are talking about the political landscape. And so um, I know this was definitely uh, was a little more longer than expected with the um, current events section, but I definitely think it was um, informative and insightful with uh, the things that we discussed. Oh, and before um, we get off that, I just want to quickly add um, the, the current event that I had at the end is um, uh, there, if you go, excuse me again, if you go and research... Uh, manufacturing fires. There have been manufacturing. Uh, okay, there have been manufacturing plants that have been burning down in the past. I want to say since the beginning of the year, there have been twelve. It's May. It is May. I believe. Um, what is today, Richard? You know, today is May. It's May tenth. Um, today. So I think as of the beginning of this year, there have been twelve processing plant fires that have burned down. And so, um, and I want to, uh, I'll go and look up the, the average of how many processing plants fires happen in a year, but uh, they've always been saying this is definitely way higher than the normal average of processing plant fires. And so I'm pretty, uh, I don't know if it's research that, or not research, but I don't know if it's information that has come across the majority of you people out there, but I think it's one thing um, to look out because with the impacts of COVID on the supply chain and on the rest of the world with inflation and the prices of foods and things of that nature, I think it's um I think it's important to look at how um how the these events can affect our our standard of living and also the food resources as well. So I think it's one thing to um, start going to start looking more into um, 
Richard, what is it called when when the community helps pitch in on the farming together? It's like you have a main farmer, but you still cooperative, uh, cooperative, cooperative farming. Yes. So I think it's just um, uh, some research that more people should be looking into, especially if you have land on your plot, if you have um, land on on your um, on your property. I definitely think you know growing whatever you can, researching the benefits of um, the plants and herbs and things that are around you. There's this app called um, Picture This. It's a very it's a very good app. You take it and you point it, um, you point it at a plant on the ground, and then it will tell you what that plant is. It'll tell you what that plant is, the different names of it, and um, you can then take the information from the app gives you, and then could just Google the health benefits or what it can be used for. And it will be, and you will be surprised about the plants that um are around you. Mm-hmm. You can be eating off your front lawn. Right. Exactly. It stallion onions. They grow, you know, uh, effortlessly here. And those things that's called weeds, they're just um. They're they're just local plants. Yeah. Okay. And that's um. And yeah. And I think that's another thing as well. We 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 look at the, um. We look at the the weeds and things that are just you know if it's not grass it's useless but we haven't been taught to look at the, the benefit use, the beneficial use of these things as well. Right. And so um, it's important to keep these things in mind when we look at it. But like I said, going back to the um the fire the fires in the manufacturing plants, I'm just looking at an R say there has been approximately twenty fires in US processing facilities in the first four months of twenty twenty two, which is not extreme at all and does not signal anything out of ordinary. And so um I and let's see, they don't fire in the case doesn't support the claim. Um, let's see, hold on, factcheck.org, quick take. So it says, that on the fire incident, let's see. There is no significant increase in fires at food processing facilities so far in 2022, according to the National Fire Protection Association. But that fact hasn't stopped rumors from swirling online claiming that there have been suspicious increase and suggesting that there have been plans to disrupt the supply, disrupt the food supply chain. This is what the fact the first you know the first fact check that I fact check dot org, and so it says that there have been twenty fires in the U.S. processing facilities in the first four months of twenty twenty two, which is not extreme at all. It does not signal anything out of the ordinary. So my God, you're telling me. You know, at least what if according to this, should we expect what a uh, hundred processing proof plant? Uh, you know, no, sixty. Oh, we should expect sixty fires in a year or from processing plants. Yeah, if what's it's going a, on in processing plants? <laughs> right, if all of them are burning to the ground right, every. Right. That sounds alarming to me. I mean, like unsafe working conditions. So either so we have two things going on here. Either it's it's not abnormal that there it says twenty fires in the first four months or 
they're lying about it not being abnormal. So they're in extreme, they're unsafe working conditions to where, you know, every four months there are 20 fires. So by the end of the year, there should be 60 fires uh, from processing plants. Or this is just not a huge uptick. And so this is, um, we'll definitely, I'll definitely be putting some more uh, research into this because I just think this is a very, um, I won't, I won't say one-sided fact check, but I definitely have my uh, skepticism, my skepticism about this, about, you know, that being uh, a, a normal. And if it is normal, now I just want to do more research into why all the processing plants are going up in flames right? all the time. And, and how do we get our food? You know, how many processing plants are there if, if they can afford to have this many, many fires? Because right. whoever is insuring them has to be going up on the insurance rate every time there's a fire. So uh, right. you're paying for that every time you eat something from out of those processing plants. Right. So it's like, our, you know, it, you know, this I definitely think leads to another, um, another space and for another aspect of research. So that was definitely my current event I wanted to bring up and uh, share with you people and so share with the people. And so with that, we can definitely get into our main topic of Logic and a rap, logic and emotion, and one of the big things that I want to point out when it comes to this topic is that there is, um, especially in the world now today, there is this, um, I guess I want to say schism between like men and women. You know, it's like there's this uh, dividing line of, you know, men are this way, women are this way, and it's it's just I'm seeing less of a cooperative mindset between the people and trying to find the best way to work together and more so each have um more so um I want to say echo echo chambering the same points that their side is saying so it's not really any development that's happening more so than people just um recycling the same points that their group is saying and so I think one thing to really, one thing I brought that up to really point out is that I think the biggest thing that we should really understand and come to concept is that the, you know, there are two parts of our brain, right? We have our left brain, which is the masculine side. And by masculine, we can say um, intellectual, right? So this is the, you know, factual side that deals with rationale, logic, um, numbers. And so this is the... I wouldn't say this is the side that most people are stuck in, but I would say this is the side that you can find most male members in, at least we can say. And then we have the right side of the brain, which deals with intuition, which I think is um, often misrepresented as emotion, which aren't necessarily the same thing. Um, they both are... They both are designed off of a feel like I guess a feeling you can say but I would say one is more of a base form than the other one one is more responsive and one and the other one is more proactive with the emotions being more responsive and your intuition being more proactive and so um that's that's one thing I want to um clarify because when you know even into a even in looking into today's time where a lot of people can be emotional. I think it's one thing that we um, automatically can attribute to 
the feminine aspect of um people, but it's definitely um an aspect that both men and women can be overburdened or over or over um practicing by being too you know having too much emotion so it's you know it, it's something like I said we look at as a characteristic only in the feminine attribute but which is definitely something that can exist in both aspects and both sides as well and so um the biggest thing I, I think I wanted to you know really point out when it comes to the logic versus the um emotion is that I think we both I think both sides have to do a better job of um balancing themselves out with the other respective side but also I think one of the biggest things that we have to do in the black community is is definitely train more of our left brain side as well. I think we have become very right brain based and there's um and there's let me there are a few archetypes or a few examples of what will what will manifest if you become too left brain or too right brain dominant and there's just a few there's just a few that I want to give you to help um make my point but uh an example a very good example so if you're extremely right brain based this is what we can call um religion religion thinking right is is basically you are very we can say submissive thinking in in the sense of submissive and naivety naivety so basically you accept you blind believe someone tells you something you don't question it they seem like an authority figure they know what they're talking about i'm just going to accept it not question it um um, pretty pretty much it leads you to not question. You know, it just leads you to accept what the authority has said to you because their authority, you, you're not an authority, so you wouldn't know, so you should just leave it up to them and just accept what they say. This is what happens when we're, when we're chronically right-brained. There's no skepticism. There's no... Um, um, that uh, there's no questioning. It's just the authority said this is what's important, or not important. They said this is what's true. They said this is what I, uh, what I need to accept. So I'm just going to accept it. And so this is what happens. And this is we can call this um, and for lack of a better word, we can call this slave think. So basically, it's almost like this the mindset of a slave. It's just I'm accepting the conditions of what's around me. I'm not going to question it because I really can't change it. So it's just a part of the condition I should accept and do my best with that. And then you have people that are very left brain based, which are, which can, when you're, or not left brain imbalanced, when you're purely on your left brain, and this can deal with domination and control. And what this, and what um I've heard called uh, as social Darwinism. So basically this is, there's no right and wrong, but whatever helps you get ahead or achieve more in life is okay because it's all about um, getting to the next level or surpassing to the next plane. So whatever you have to do to do that is, you know, is acceptable. More, more, rel- more relativism, as we another way we can call it. So there are different, um, there are different aspects, and this usually comes from or um. The or thinking you have 
the right to rule over others. So it's like I'm supposed to be in charge of people because they're either, you know, they're stupid and can't control themselves or I'm smarter and, you know, I have the capacity to rule over the people. And so that's, you know, that's what happens. Usually this is found in a lot of military or scientific thinking or um, political, you know, positions of people of power where there's this, um, control aspect over the people who are right brain imbalanced as well. So it, there's this, as you can see, there's kind of this divide where the left brain people are used to are subjecting the right brain imbalanced people as well. And so it creates this kind of schism as well to where we divide, divide again, as I call it as another, I call it another Willie Lynch programming to where it's another example of divide and conquer as well. So I think, um, I think we as the black community definitely need to do more with focusing on our, our logical aspect. I think we should tap into more of that as well, because through so long and being a part of, you know, being subjected to the Abrahamic religions, it has definitely uh, made us very heavy in our right brain thinking. So I think that's just one thing um, that we should counter, you know, counterbalance that with with some more lash logic and rationale forms of thinking. Not to say that we should completely come on the opposite side and become fully left brain, but understand that our um, we have been, I, I would say, very heavily right brain influenced for the past, I would say at least, definitely we can say, we can just go back to, you know, 500 years for the chattel slavery, but I would say even longer than that because our, you know, influence with um the you know, colonizer and Eurocentric uh, forces, you know, dealing with Africa. I just don't have, a you know, the exact date, um, the quote, so that's why I just wanted to say um, 500, 500 years as a, as a, as a starting point, but even though we both know, we all know it uh, definitely goes back further than this. But, um, Rich, is there anything you want to add on top of that? I know that was definitely um, very long-winded. Um, <clears throat> not much. You know, I like to use the concept of, well, this is what I say most of the time, is that, in general, uh, men are left-brain logical thinkers. And, in general, <clears throat> women are right-brain emotional thinkers. Um, and so, my thing is balance. So we have to be better at balancing our logic with our emotions, all right? So when I say in general, you know, there's all kind of variables in people. So therefore, um, you have people who are more or less uh, left brain and people who are more or less right brain, male or female. But, you know, just like the balancing of the hormones, uh, the chemicals in your body, so women have the estrogen dominant and men have the testosterone dominant. And that's also a part of the um, balancing act, right? So we have to, in all aspects of our lives, <clears throat> create the balance, you know, uh, recognize the balance. So in order to be holistic, you have to have balance, right? So balance is the key to healthy living and relationships. So um, we have to pay more attention to uh, how we are, how our, what our brain activity is, more uh, left brain, more right brain, or more logic or more emotion. Um, both is good. You know, myself, I 
take after my mother and my father. <clears throat> you know, I have traits of my father and I have traits of my mother. You know, I used to see my mother uh, when I was little, <clears throat> when I come through the house preteen and uh, from school and I would see my mother, she might be watching, you know, one of those soap operas, you know, back in the day, it was General Hospital, One Life to Live and all that, right? And I would watch my mother sometimes, I would see my mother sometimes when she was watching a, uh, an emotional type of a show. Um, and, and I would see tears welling up in her eyes because she's emotionally, she's being emotionally responsive to that which she's viewing. And I used to wonder, you know, like, what was that all about? You know, I'm a preteen, so what was that all about? And as I got older, you know, maybe in my 30s, 40s, 50s, whatever, <clears throat> Uh, I remember noticing how teary-eyed I was getting. <laughs> and I said, that's my mother. <laughs> that's the mother in me, right? And also, I'm, um, you know, I raised my daughter. You know, I was a single dad. And um, I was what, what what's known as, um, uh, what do they call it? When you are a nurturing type of person. You know, we think nurturing is only for women. But, you know, I'm raising a daughter, you know, she's like five years old, six, seven, eight years old. So I have to be nurturing. And I, and I had, those nurt had those nurturing qualities, have those nurturing qualities, um, because, you know, that's my little girl child. And I have to be sensitive because I was, and, you know, that's my mother's side. But then when it comes to defense of the home or defense of person, you know, that's my father's side. You know, I was very... Um, uh, testosterone heavy, you know, I wouldn't mind, I mean, like to defend myself, sure, absolutely, I'd fight in a minute, but um, I noticed that I had those two, and I remember calling my mother one day and telling her about it and thanking her for her side. <laughs> my father's passed, but you know, I couldn't thank him, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I appreciate having both sides. Definitely, I think I think that's definitely um important because I think you said the most important things that um is that you need both sides to balance each other out. But even how you said how when you needed, even though that you're a man, that you still were able to tap into your you know a emotional aspect to be able to like you said raise your daughter, and I think that's an important aspect that we um I think also should point out is that we. We both have a little bit of that aspect of the other side in each other, so it's like obviously the um the the feminine aspect may be more suited for that, but it's still something you're able to tap into to be able to um uh facilitate part of that aspect as well and right. so I think it's um mm -hmm. I think it's important when we realize that um we we have um ways to balance you know different ways to balance each other out as people in the community as well Absolutely. men have a way of balancing out the women and women have a way of balancing out the men so i think when we um and then we're supposed to even take that same balancing act and represent that internally with our own selves so every person is supposed to do the best in balancing their own selves out right as well right. so i think it's um important and also um I think it's important to realize that when we when we don't balance each when we don't um, balance 
either one of these sides out that they both lead to something um what we can say is negative and so i think it's um they're just two different i guess form i guess they're two different not um forms but they're two different ways of seeing viewing the negativity either you can be um act pretty much actively participating and carrying out the negativity that's if you're like very right brain based or not excuse me very left brain based and logical you know very just too much logic too much rationale and you know it's like well for the better of the world i just need to do this because it'll you know the the end the ends justify the mean type of thinking basically like i can do something horrendous if the end at, at the end of what i'm doing it serves a better purpose and then you have the people on the other side who are right brain imbalanced who basically say, um, well, you know, we there's nothing we can do. There's nothing we can do about what we're going through in this circumstance. So we might as well just accept it. And so each one, you know, either you have people who are carrying out the actions, uh, the unbalanced actions, and then or then you usually have the people that are the um, subjects of the people carrying out their unbalanced, their left brain imbalance. And then you have the people who are, the right brain imbalanced people who are subjected to that as well. And so um, I think it's important to realize that um, just like in the, um, this is where the Matrix got this, um, the reason why uh, they named Neo and the Matrix Neo is because it is dealing with the neocortex of our brain. And that's, you know, the, the highest part of our brain that, works when both hemispheres are in balance as well so that's what um that's what neo and trinity in the matrix represent they represent balancing that masculine and feminine aspect um together and so i you know that's a uh you know that's nothing but uh african tradition just wrapped up and told into another story into another uh plan into another archetype and so i think um I think it's important when we realize how much that the um the uh, how much our mind and the imbalance in either either if we're too left brain or too right brain based can infect it inf not infect but affect our society and the things that we do. So I think it's an important thing to just keep a hold of and keep in our minds and also just tend um do a lot more research into um, our own selves and what the forms of different brain imbalance look like. So um, as we're wrapping up, Richard, is there anything you want to add to the end of the podcast just uh, as we're getting out of here? Uh, well, uh, not really, uh, except for, you know, we need to come to Amon Ra Community and Cultural Center and have these type of discussions. And uh, we'll tell you the days and times and maybe the next episode. Um, so we really want to see people in person. We really want to have uh, regular meetings and conversations like this. We want to take this podcast to uh, an even higher level uh, of participation and functionality. And it's a community center. So that means uh, we are looking forward to uh, being with the community. Definitely, we. I definitely think um, uh, that's important. Like you said, to we're looking for all forms of participation. 
um, any way you can help. And so we'll be looking forward to your feedback at Pata Amin Ra on Facebook. That's P-T-A-H space A-M-E-N-R-A. Pata Amin Ra on Facebook. For it's, This is our uh, feedback page for the community center just for us a way to interact with you all so we look forward to any com uh feedback comments or posts or anything that you want to share you can just feel free to share it there with us on facebook until next time we appreciate you joining us here on the amara connections we appreciate you. Uh, i'm your host kane i was also joined here by Richard. and we will look forward to seeing you next time thank you again and enjoy your day all right